Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Again, that's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk, and we'll be sure to answer those questions just as soon as we are back on the air to together excuse me uh today's friday happy weekend on the way right doug yep it is it's gonna and do you do you realize that next week is march yeah monday we're we're gonna be into march already isn't that crazy how fast time goes uh i am glad that uh you're listening today if you're in jacksonville or even close to jacksonville this weekend, uh, tomorrow, is the Iron Sharpens Iron Conference. Iron Sharpens Iron is a national men's equipping conference. All over the country, they have them. Mm-hmm. And they have one tomorrow at 8.30 at Mandarin Presbyterian Church. H.B. Charles, Vaughn McLaughlin will be sharing, along with a host of uh, seminar presenters. They'll be uh, sharing different things to equip and encourage guys and uh, I think you can still sign up. If you go to ironsharpensiron.net, you can still get in there tomorrow. Uh, $49 includes uh, lunch from Chick-fil-A. And uh, it's, Did you just bury the lead there? Aren't you? You're presenting tomorrow, I'm, right? I'm one of the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 you, yeah. you didn't even mention that. That, that's, that. that could be a big selling point for people. <laughs> Wait, well, actually, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege to be associated with them. They do a good job. Um I've had the privilege of sharing with them at their conferences really since 2006. Mm. So 14 years, um, uh, they, they do a really good job. Brian Doyle uh, leads that ministry. Brian lost his wife a couple of years ago and uh, uh, and yet continues to faithfully just plug on a mm. uh, single dad of his kids. And uh, his kids are older and in college I think he he might have one in high school, but anyway, um, it's a great conference. So I hope you'll join us if you can be this really, really good um, conference. And that's uh, I'm a part of it. One of our guests earlier this year, uh, I was there, and I've actually shared at a couple of conferences with him, Kenny Luck Mm. from Everyman Ministries. They have really, really uh, committed men who come committed to the word, and they live it out. So they will be sharing tomorrow, and I hope that you will uh, join us and uh, try to be there. Uh, I think we got 25 guys coming from SWAT. Obviously, with COVID, uh, a lot of people have probably not uh, not signed up, but it is a live in-person event. Uh, if you come, uh, they are asking the church that is hosting it is asking people to wear masks uh, while you're there. Uh, I guess going in. So uh, anyway, that's tomorrow, February twenty seventh, eight thirty at Mandarin Presbyterian. Iron sharpens iron dot net. Um, you know, Taylor, you and I this week we've been dealing with the church and talking about Acts chapter two, forty two to forty seven, and really the life of the church, a shared oneness. 
And we we made the comment on Monday when we were talking about the blurred lines between what church was then and mm-hmm. what it is now. Back in the New Testament time period, during that time that Luke wrote this to Theophilus, there was no ambiguity about what it meant to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. You were baptized as a believer, no compromise. It didn't mean you were perfect, but the people that were part of that body uh, had their lives at risk and their health at risk simply for professing Mm -hmm. to be associated with Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Jesus Messiah. And now in our culture today, we live in a country that has so blurred the lines that now people who actively practice rebellion against God, who actively practice uh, things that are, uh, you know, that uh, really God did not ever design for us to be, uh, are not only in that group and unashamed of what they're doing, but they're in leadership positions in places that call themselves churches. And right now, you you were sharing with me uh, before the program that one, I don't know if it's a publication or ministry, said that as far as the United States goes, uh, the most damaging um, legislation that has ever affected the church is in the pipeline right now. It just got approved by the uh, House, and uh, it's the Equality Act. And, you know, as believers, I would ask that you pray that the Senate will step up and not allow this to become reality because it is really, really dangerous uh, what's happening Representative Al Green, who's never been known for being a conservative voice or for traditional family values, mm-hmm. said this on the House floor. He he said, he was talking about one of the representatives who said God is opposed to transgender rights. He said, you used God to enslave my foreparents. You used God to segregate me in schools. You use God to put me in the back of the bus. Have you no shame? Wow. And he equated transgenderism now with ethnicity mm-hmm. and ethnic prejudice. And I'm going to tell you, that is a big step, but it's not a far step from uh, going from homosexuality. In fact, if you if you affirm homosexuality, how do you not affirm transgenderism? Yeah, and you know th- that was the same tactic they used when uh, trying to push through, um, you know, marriage equality and stuff like that was equating it to uh, the black experience in America, which is really just, uh, you know, as a mixed person, I, it's kind of just heinous that they that they've done that. But you know, obviously that tactic worked well, and they're going to try it again, and you know you would like to see you know every person in the house and the senate and congress say man no this is ridiculous this is a bridge too far no we're not we're this is the hill we're going to die on but you're not seeing that you're not even seeing that out of the mo- most of the republicans they're pretty well, you're silent. not even seeing that in the church yeah because in the name of love mm-hmm. people are not saying anything they're putting their head in the sand saying well we don't want to get focused on this well, listen, this is dangerous. 
Listen to what uh, Paul McHugh said. And if we don't get through this, we can go to it after the break. Paul McHugh was the distinguished service professor of psychiatry at John Hopkins University. He was the former psychiatrist in chief for John Hopkins. Mm-hmm. So this is not a qualified, a, a non-qualified guy to, to speak yeah. to these issues. And here's what he said. He goes, it's amazing to me how such a tiny minority in our country, uh, three-tenths of a percent, has forced a national debate on the public bathroom should be visited or not. He, he says um, that transgendered men do not become women, nor do transgendered women become men. All such people, he said... And an article he wrote for the Witherspoon Institute became feminized men or masculinized women, counterfeits, impersonators of the sex with which they, quote, identify. Now, he was a psychiatrist in chief for 26 years. Mm. This is the medical institute that had initially pioneered sex change surgery. It was John. It was there and later ceased the practice. You know why? Because it's stressed that the cultural meme or the idea that one sex is fluid and a matter of choice is extremely damaging, especially, he says, to young people. Mm. Now, where's that information at today? It's cancel culture. Yeah. It's like trying to talk about the vaccine or trying to talk about. And listen, you, you can agree with it or not, but why are we not having these experts sharing? Why are we not hearing both sides? Because there's an agenda going on. Yep. And he, gender dysphoria is what he calls it. And it's a psychiatric, a psychiatric condition, not an accident of birth. It's, it, it, it's gender dysphoria. It's for feeling oneself to be the opposite sex. And it belongs in the family of similarly disordered assumptions about the body, such as anorexia, he says, anorexia nervosa and body dysmorphic disorder Mm. and this is where's this information and and so as believers if we fail to speak the truth then those that we influence think by our silence there's consent when the bible speaks clearly about god's design and it even addresses this issue and some of the Old Testament things God said, and even in the New Testament things Paul said. So when we come back, I do want to, if you want to call and talk about this, but I want to get some of this information out to you. This is this guy treated this, said it was wrong, said it was damaging, and yet you get the Assistant Secretary of Health standing up saying, I don't know if you saw that interview. Mm-hmm. She was blistered by uh, Senator Paul. He. Or he. He, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, thank you for the correction. He, pretending to be a she, was blistered on the issue and really gave no answers. Yeah, it's a nuanced position. Like, they have nothing. There's no, there's no, where's the science there? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, and, and even though they have nothing, you know, we, you know, the church, but also, you know, people who believe in science and the truth aren't pushing back. When, you know, and if you would push back and be like, oh, it's a nuanced thing that you have to, yeah, you know, but nothing there. And we're still not doing anything. And people aren't speaking up. They're not speaking truth and love. So we got to do that. All right. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. 
You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Look down from a broken sky Traced out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are talking uh, about what we talked about uh, this week in Acts and how the church should function. And we're also talking about uh, some of the news of the week, uh, some of a few of the things that have been going on. And right before the break, we were talking about um, the Equality Act that passed in the House and uh, is now on its way to the Senate and what that would mean for us as believers and uh, how we should proceed in light of where the country is headed. Well, and I think we need to be informed mm-hmm. as believers. And um, again, to not acknowledge the truth is harmful. And uh, Michelle Cretella, who's the doctor, was the president of the American College of Pediatricians and Quentin Van Meter, who was the vice president of the American College of Pediatricians, along with Paul McHugh, put out some information about gender ideology harming children. And I I don't know if you can even still find this, but this Mm. was, I dug this up because I found this, I'd done some research back when this first came out years Mm -hmm. ago. And the American College of Pediatricians, urged educators and legislators to reject all policies that condition children to accept as normal a life of chemical and surgical impersonation of the opposite sex. Okay? Facts, they say, not ideology determines reality. Now, we know that in every other realm, but Mm -hmm. people are starting to cave on this. Even... even conservative people are going, well, do we really need to get involved mm. with this? Let's just not worry about it. But human sexuality is an objective biological trait. It's a binary trait, XY, XX. Mm. They're genetic markers of health and not genetic markers of a disorder, which is the way it's treated right now. Yeah. 
the norm for human design by God's design is to be conceived either male or female. That's the way God designed it. That's what he said. And human sexuality is binary by design with the purpose being reproduction and flourishing of a people. That's why he said, be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted us to do that. The principle is self-evident in itself, they say, the exceedingly rare disorder of sexual differentiation is what they called it, including, but not limited to, um, I will just say male feminization um, and and female masculinization are, are recognized rightly as disorders of human design. Individuals with this condition do not constitute a third sex, a third mm. identification. Mm-hmm. This is not and has never been considered, you know, normal. Yeah. No one is born with a gender. Everybody's born a biological sex. So gender is an awareness and a sense of oneself as a male or female. That's what gender is. It is a sociological and psychological concept, not an objective biological one. And so this is where the problem is. No one is born with an awareness of themselves as a male or female. Uh, It develops over time. And like all processes, can be derailed by a child's subjective perceptions in relationships, uh, adverse um, conditions and experiences, and even people who directly influence them to mm-hmm. think a certain way or feel a certain way. By If you tell a young child something long enough, he will start to believe it. Yeah. People who identify as feeling like the opposite sex or somewhere in between don't comprise a third sex. They're men and women. Um, it's confused thinking. They, this is These doctors put this out. They're saying when an otherwise healthy biological boy believes he's a girl and an otherwise healthy biological girl believes she's a boy, an objective psychological problem exists that lies in the mind not the body, and it has to be treated as such. These children suffer from gender dysphoria. It was used to be called gender identity disorder, and it is a recognized mental disorder, at least it was, Mm -hmm. in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of American Psychiatric Association, the DSMV. Um, The psychodynamic and social learning theories of GD, they call it gender dysphoria or gender identity disorder, have never been disproved. Puberty is not a disease like Hmm. it's treated like right now. Think about this. Puberty blockers can be very dangerous, and and it can cause reversible damage. I mean, not reverse, I'm sorry, reversible, irreversible damage. Uh, But even if it is reversible, it induces a state of disease, which is the absence of puberty mm-hmm. that your body was created for. And it inhibits growth and inhibits fertility in a previously biological healthy child. And who knows how that's going to long-term impact. Yeah, There's not been enough studies about it, really. And according to the DSMV, as many as 98% of gender-confused boys and 88% of gender-confused girls 
eventually accept their biological sex after naturally passing through puberty. And yet they want to keep children from passing through puberty in order to, I mean, you, you can't say that this is why they want to do it, but from like a satanic uh, viewpoint, that, that'll artificially inflate the numbers because you never pass through the process by which you would have, uh, you know, come to the conclusion and felt comfortable in your own body. Well, yeah. Well, and they say that the children who start these puberty blockers um, to impersonate the opposite sex will require cross-sex hormones in late adolescence and well into adulthood that are associated with blood clots, high blood pressure, stroke, and Mm. cancer for something that they don't need to be taking Mm -hmm. these things for. And it says the rate of suicide is 20 times greater in adults who take these cross-sex hormones and undergo sex reassignment surgery uh, even in Sweden, which is probably one of the most LGBTQ affirming countries that is out there, right? Um, they they say that. Um, hold on, let me find this stat in this article because uh, they said that uh, they did a survey on sex reassignment that it went over thirty years of tracking, and they said uh, that their mental unrest. Uh, their mental unrest is highly documented in those individuals, and 10 to 15 years uh, after the uh, surgical reassignment, the suicide rate went up to the 20%. Yeah, the the suicide rate uh, among transgenders, whether you've gotten the surgery or not, there's not a statistical difference, so there's no proof that that would even help. Uh, and then the suicide rate among transgenders compared to the regular population is significantly higher. Yeah, and uh, it is. And and these doctors, again, president and vice president of the American College of Pediatrics says conditioning children into believing a lifetime of chemical and surgical impersonation of the opposite sex is normal and healthy is child abuse. Mm-hmm. This is what they say. Now, you probably won't find this article out there today. But again, it's Michelle Critella. Go see if she is who I say she is. Uh, And Quentin Van Meter, M-E-T-E-R. And they say that endorsing gender discordance as normal via public education and legal policy is going to confuse children and parents, leading more children to present gender clinics uh, and they will be given puberty-blocking drugs in turn virtually ensuring that they will choose a lifetime of carcinogenic and other toxic cross-sex hormones. I mean, that, that's science. That's the doctors is and that's, know, given objective information. And, and that's playing out right now um, with the, the number of people, I think uh, the generation behind me, uh, Z, uh, who say that they are homosexual is up into to like uh, 20, 20%, which is a significant increase. And then the number of people who say that they're transgender is now higher than lesbianism. Uh, so, and, and that comes directly from what's being said to these young individuals, which, I mean, is proof that you're not just born that way. You know what I mean? Because if the younger generation is now all of a sudden seeing a spike in uh, both of those areas of people who identify that way, it would be clear because of the way that we talk about it now, as if it's a a, uh, a prize thing to be, that that has an effect. 
And it's not just, oh, they were born this way. Because uh, up until this point, the the rates have stayed the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now all of a sudden we have an explosion that correlates to the, the uh, society talking uh, in favor of both of these uh, uh, identities. And so what does this have to do with us in the church? Well, this is... This is not starting with us. I mean, this is not the first time these things have appeared on the scene. And Paul, when he wrote the Corinthians, he says, listen, I wrote in my letter to you not to associate with sexually immoral people, not meaning the sexually immoral of the world or the greedy swindlers and idolaters, since then you've got to go out of the world. But I'm writing to you, and this is the important part, not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he's guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater or reviler, drunkard, swindler, not even to eat with such. What Paul's talking about is as believers, we have a responsibility to call each other to account if we are living a lifestyle and a pattern of living that is against God's word. But if you're out in the world, we, we can speak to it from a cultural perspective because we have a free country that we can let our voice be known that we don't think this is good. Because clearly what I just read by these doctors shows that it's not healthy and good. So as believers, we should want the health of our community. We should want the health of our country. And and have a heart for the least of these. Who who more than a child who's been you know conditioned and then mutilated? I mean, we should be caring about them and having eyes for for who they are. And yeah, because Jesus said it's better to have a millstone put around your neck and be thrown in the ocean and then mislead one of these. Mm-hmm. Where are the people advocating for all this damage that's being done to people around the country? So uh, there's, there is encouragement and hope. When we come back, I want to share another verse from what Paul wrote in Corinthians. But remember, we are the church. So we speak truth as one. So we got to stand together. All right. We will be back with more after the news. Uh, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you listening locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in... They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Mercy Me with Even If. If you are just joining us, we are talking about um, what we've talked about this week, uh, looking at Acts and the life of the church. Uh, looking in verse 2, verses 42 through 47. And we've also talked about a little bit of the news of the week and what's been going on uh, this week and how we should uh, respond as Christians. But if you missed any of the program so far and you would like to go back and visit or listen, you can visit www.swatradio.com and you can go to the past programs link 
and uh, click there, and you can listen to anything uh, that we've done in the past few days or since the beginning of the program. And this uh, program today's will be up in about an hour or so. Again, that's www.swatradio.com, or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. Uh, you know, Taylor, in Acts 2, when we looked at the church, how God reveals how the church should function, we saw how it functioned in its attention, being devoted to the apostles' teaching and uh, the biblical doctrine. And in this area of, um, of uh, especially in this area of homosexuality, and, you know, people, people a lot of times ask the question, well, why are Christians so up in arms over homosexuality as compared to adultery or as compared to greed or as compared to other sins? Well, one reason I really believe is because our country is codifying and making legally protected the status of, of just something that we know is against God's will something that's clear and and there's so much graying of the lines that i i actually have read articles and and even heard comments by people who are practicing those lifestyles who talk about god blessing them in mm. that lifestyle and blessed me with a partner a homosexual partner a lesbian partner and and that's one reason is we blurred the lines today of what church is and and church is seen as a place where anybody can go worship but in the new testament church was where baptized in the spirit believers came together and the whole gathering was geared to them mm-hmm. it was not for the outsider during that gathering time the gathering time was to come together as the body of christ to encourage one another and to um to have teaching, the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, fellowship, and intimacy as a body of baptized believers, and then go be the church. Now, unbelievers could come. They could witness and and be a part of it and be there, but their gathering time was never devoted to those people outside of that baptized uh, in the spirit body. And where we come to today as a culture is we've blurred the lines, and so there's a lot of posers, people who call themselves believers simply because they prayed a prayer, um, they got baptized or whatever the act was, and there's no baptism of the Holy Spirit in their life. There's no regeneration in their life. And so they don't read their Bible. Uh, If they do, they read it the way they want to. There's no leadership of the Holy Spirit. They're not filled with the Spirit. And they never were filled with the Spirit. If you are in the body of Christ, at some point, you had to be baptized in the Spirit and filled with the Spirit. And it doesn't mean we walk around always filled in the Spirit, but at some point, you had to have been that way. And so the church we saw in verse 42 of Acts uh, 2 was devoted to the apostles' teaching, but it was also devoted to this fellowship and this idea of prayers, this idea of... uh, of um, shared life together, meals. They they broke the Lord's uh, bread and took his cup, celebrating communion like he commanded. And, and those are the things that should define the church, not inclusivity. Inclusivity wasn't the 
the I mean inclusivity in the sense that yeah anybody could be baptized in the spirit it, it didn't matter what gender you were it didn't matter what race you were or ethnic background there was no limitations for that but there was a requirement you had to be in the lamb's book of life and to be receiving the holy spirit mm-hmm. if your name wasn't written there um then you, you just are merely somebody who's going to profess and be a poser. And, and listen, wolves came into the church. Even in Ephesus, Paul warned them in Acts 20. He said, hey, wolves are going to rise up from among you and teach false things. So when these people stand up and they start teaching, oh, it's okay for people to do this because God is a God of love. He would never send people to hell. And they start making these bold proclamations about God that aren't true. They're just false teachers, and that's why it's important for us to know the Word, to be in the Word. And, um, you know, in Acts 43 through 45, he dealt with their attitude. They had awe, which we covered the other day, is this sense of dread at this authority that's so massive and awesome, but also this this sense of awe that that he would choose me Mm -hmm. and forgive me. And it's a sense of unity, togetherness with the people, not because I like everybody that's there, how we tend to do it, but because they're his, just like me. And uh, Lori's constantly quoting uh, the passage that says, you know, love your neighbor uh, as you would love yourself, because what that means is love your neighbor because he is like you. Mm-hmm. We're all needy at the foot of the cross, and then also they were had an attitude of compassion because Jesus said this is how they're going to know your mind because of your love. So we saw where their attention was. We saw what their attitude was. And finally, their actions were witnessing actions. They kept going to the temple. They were generous. They sold what was needed to take care of those. And they worshiped. They worshiped. I dare say anybody who is a transgender, who is a homosexual, who is a uh, adulterer who is a swindler who is idolater who is a thief who is living an active lifestyle in those things i just said there's i i don't know how they can worship god mm. because god if if they're his they have to have deep conviction mm-hmm. and if god if they're really his chances are if they keep practicing he's going to remove them yeah He's not going to leave them here because they're a terrible witness for what it means to be his, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so as Christians, we have a responsibility as his church to speak truth and to tell people. I mean, when Paul is addressing the Corinthians, notice what he says. He says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom? He says, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, uh, nor homosexuals, nor effeminate. I mean, he he lists that, mm-hmm. and he lists them along with thieves, the greedy, the drunks, the revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. But here's the hope. And such were some of you. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and by the Spirit of our God. God will not let you continue in a pattern of disobedience, glorifying his name while you're committing the acts of disobedience. That's that's just ludicrous to think that. 
and for these people in these uh, progressive liberal churches who are affirming uh, homosexual acts, lesbian acts, transgenderism as being okay, are doing a disservice not only to those people but to our great God. Yeah, yeah, and you know it it makes me wonder, uh, Doug, uh, for us as believers, do you think that we're like the Laodicean church? You know, where it says that you're you're not cold or hot, um, um, so I'll spew you out of my mouth. But then he goes on to say, um, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him. And, you know, just kind of how that's different from when he's talking to the other churches. Uh, he's talking to them corporately, but when he comes to the Laodicean church, uh, he talks about an individual, uh, you know, answer to a knock. And, you know, some people have looked at those churches and said, Oh, that's a signpost of the the life of uh, the church. Um, so I don't know if you've heard that or anything, but are we in an era where the church really has lost its its witness, its prophetic uh, calling, um, and so that now it's up to individuals to still live as we ought? Yeah, I I think you know when you John and I talked about that yesterday. By the way, if you didn't get to hear. Um, John Mazel's uh, uh, on the interview yesterday. You can go to SWATradio.com and you can listen to it. But, you know, John and I were talking about that church. And we were talking about the lukewarm Christian and uh, in Revelation 2 um, uh, about uh, the church at Ephesus, how they lost their first love. And he even mentioned the church at Laodicea and um, how I spit you out. Mm Mm-hmm. I spit you out. And, you know, um, when you think about that, you think about that, that, that is a lukewarmness there because he says you're neither hot nor cold. Um, and the members of the church are Jesus. Um, I mean, we, we should be hot for yeah. him. Mm-hmm. We are, our, our souls uh, should be so overjoyed at the fact that he forgave us, that he loves us. And listen, this doesn't mean we're not going to go through tough times. It doesn't mean you're not going to have days where you feel discouraged. But as a as a general life principle, Second Corinthians four, where Paul says, "Man, these are light and momentary afflictions." He's writing to the uh, Corinthian church, and he's he's exhorting them because he's saying. You know, and he says later in Second Corinthians, hey, I was beaten, you know, this many times. I was mm-hmm. beaten with rods. I was stoned. I spent an, he just lays out this laundry list of awful things. I dare say anybody listening has ever gone through what Paul went through. Yeah. And yet, Paul wrote, these are light and momentary afflictions. And he exhorts them, and he can exhort them because he's gone through this. He says, keep your eyes on what's really important that not the temporal but the eternal not the physical but the spiritual we just get so wrapped up in the here and now that we forget to be grateful that he's delivered us from darkness yeah you know yeah well we are coming up on the break we're going to go into the last uh, break of the day if you would like to call though for the last segment please call us at 1-844-777-7928 that's 1-844-777-SWAT Or you can email us at ask at SWAT That's ask at SWAT Stay tuned.
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 this week. And today, Friday, is just kind of like a rundown of that and also what's been going on in the news today, specifically uh, with what's going on in our culture with uh, the uh, Equality Act and uh, transsexualism and how the church has kind of been mute on that issue. Uh, if you would like to call in and join the discussion, or if you have any questions, please call us at one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. That's one eight four four triple seven SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com. Again, that's ask at swatradio.com. And you know, Doug, I asked you that question about um, the Laodicean church and about the church in America having lost its uh, voice, maybe lost its uh, uh, witness. Because the way that I look at the country, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of look through history, I really feel like the the founding, uh, the, the American founding, what we think of as America, mm-hmm. was dead around, you know, the 1970s. And we're living on the fumes of that now. And I feel like for the church, I feel like the church lost its standing in society with the way that it dealt with the abortion issue. And that was around the same time. and. Since then, you've really seen the church pull farther and farther away from cultural topics and retreating into itself uh, as if that's going to save it from persecution. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if you remember that um, back in, um, I don't know, it was a while back. I don't even know if you were here. There was a guy, have you ever heard of Dr. Armand Nicoli? Mm-mm. Okay, he was a a psychiatrist, a medical doctor on the faculty of Harvard Medical School. And he said this in an article back in the 70s. So let's go back now. What is that, 50 years ago now? (laughs) 50 years. Certain trends prevalent today will incapacitate the family, destroy its integrity, and cause its members to suffer such crippling emotional conflict that they will become an intolerable burden to society. 
If any one factor influences the character development and emotional stability an individual with an individual, it is the quality of the relationship he or she experiences as a child with both their parents. And he underlines both, both, right? Conversely, he says, if people suffering from severe non-organic emotional illness have an experience in common, it's the absence of a parent through death, divorce, and he says a parent's inaccessibility either physically emotionally or both can profoundly influence a child's emotional health what he's saying is that most people who have non-organic organic that means they're not physically induced illnesses but have emotionally induced illnesses share a common denominator it's a wrong relationship in their childhood to their parents he goes on to say that if we come up with a society without families, which is where we're headed, that's where this mm-hmm. is all. This is why this is so dangerous. Then we will have such mental and emotional monsters in the next generation. There will be no way for society to cope with them. Mm-hmm. Hence, in South Florida, not too long ago, you had a guy, a young thirteen-year-old boy, kill his mom because she hollered at him about his grades. Mm-hmm. What has been shown to contribute most to the emotional development of a child is a close, warm, sustained, and continuous relationship with both parents. Yet certain trends make this most difficult. And he goes on to talk about what the the trends are. And he talks about number one is married women with children working outside the home. I know that's a terrible thing to say. That's mm-hmm. people get really upset. This is back in the seventies. That's is when what that he really said. became prevalent too yeah. in the seventies. All right. He says, and he, he's quote, this is a quote from him. And, and listen, I'm not going off on any tangent there. I'm talking about how, yeah, what, what he says, he says, my clinical experience indicates clearly that no women with young children can do both at the same time Hmm. without sacrificing either the quality of work or the quality of child care end quote Hmm. i mean that's that's what he said and he goes on to talk about other uh influences um the lack of controls the lack of morals in society all those things but the bottom line is when the family breaks down and it's not god's design then what you're going to have is monsters, and I fear for what our kids are going to see in their culture. Yeah, I know we got a call. We got to go to also. Yeah, Jeff, you're on. How you doing today? Thanks, guys. Appreciate this. I enjoy listening to the show. I've got a question that I wanted to hear what your take on with this. As a Christian man working in a location where we're now being told to recognize this situation to Mm. allow it to use the correct pronouns and things like that to take a stand and possibly lose a job um what are your views about that uh well well you know i I, well you first of all um if if somebody asks you to let's let's just start with Big questions first, Jeff. By the way, thanks for calling. This is Doug. All right. Um, If your employer asked you to cheat on the ledger, would you do that? No. Why? Because it's against my moral values. It's against your moral values, right? So if if he asked you to take an employee to have an abortion, would you do that? No. Why? It's my moral values. It's against the godly principles that I believe. 
So your so your moral values are based on biblical truth, based upon your answers, yeah. right? You're saying so. So to to perpetuate a lie to someone, isn't that also against your moral values? Yes, and I guess the fear, and I guess I guess the key thing I think that I'm basing or walking on here, mm-hmm. the fear of losing the job. Yeah. which therefore shows a little bit of lack of trust in God's um, overall plan of things to take care of me, to sustain me, to make sure that I'm all right. So I guess i got to get over that fear then. Well, yeah, and I can give you a personal uh, example, and now this is not anywhere near the same thing. Um, uh, well, I mean, it is it's very similar. I, for you know, my own convictions, decided that I was not going to wear a mask um, in any context ever. And so for me in a job, uh, you know, I was about to go in, I'm a teacher. I was about to go in to teach and I knew it was going to be an issue. And I was just really wrestling with it because I felt very strongly convicted, uh, that I shouldn't be doing that. Um, and so I prayed about it a lot and I kind of came to the same conclusion that the only reason that I would put it on was because I was afraid. And so I, it, it was an opportunity for me to step out in faith and and luckily, luckily for me, it, it worked out, um, or it has so far, and, and I'm going to follow God in whichever way he leads. And when it comes to this issue, I would say it's an even bigger issue that you want to make sure that you are standing for the truth on. Um, and and so I wouldn't, if, if I was in that situation, I would not uh, use the pronouns. I would possibly, as a concession, use uh, whatever name they wanted to be called, but not the pronouns uh yeah, yeah, I I would agree with what uh, Taylor's saying. If somebody tells you their name, I have no problem using a name. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's the name they choose. Okay, but when you get into the pronouns, now you're now you're 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 actively perpetuating, I believe, a lie. Now I know there are people. This is the thing about right now going on in the church. There are people who are actively saying, you know what, we should use those pronouns. I think that's wrong, personally. That's my personal opinion. This is not the opinion of the station, SWAT radio. It's, it's me personally. I think it's wrong because Paul says when he writes the church in uh, Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 5, he says a little leaven leavens a whole lump of dough. Yeah. And, and I really believe that to perpetuate a lie that's harmful to somebody is sinful. I, I, I personally believe that if I, I think it's wrong for you to, to contribute to that and not speak truth to that. Yeah. And I think that if it's something that you're convicted on that, you don't, you, you be sure to follow that conviction because this is just the tip of the iceberg. Things are going to get worse. And if you compromise uh, on your convictions now, it's going to be easier to compromise later. But if you hold strong to your convictions now, it'll be easier to hold strong when it really matters. And if it comes down to you, re- you ready to yeah. die, you know. So that that's how I looked at it going into my situation, and that's how I've been. Uh, I, I've looked at it as an opportunity to train, uh, to be prepared to stand firm in the faith. Yeah, I mean, like here's the thing. Let's say, um, you. <laughs> I mean, if this person who is a male who is dressing as a female um, wanted to go uh, into a bathroom full of women, would you 
direct him to do that? Or I, 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 I don't think in good conscience I could do that. I think that would no, be that's, wrong. That's the thing that I, I feel like I'm going to end up getting faced with is that I'm going to say, no, you're biologically a male, you need to go to that bathroom, and that's when the rubber's going to meet the road. So I'm either going to have to be scared about losing my job and kowtow to this belief, or I'm going to have to take a stand and, and maybe be a light to other people who may feel the same way I do. Yeah, well, and well, I think if, if we all, if no one takes a stand, you know, it's just going to keep running. Well, yeah, and I also want to say this, Jeff. It's possible for us to be sensitive, to be gentle, to be loving, yeah. without forcing believers to act as if the lie is the truth. Yeah, they can't that, compel you to yeah. say things. Yeah, that's that's the thing. If And I really believe what you're going to see over the next year or so uh, is you're going to see if they pass the Equality Act, I believe it will go to the Supreme Court in this country, and I think they're going to have to strike it down because they cannot compel you to say something that goes against your uh, faith right now, at least now. You know, I think we should be prepared for the possibility that they're and they not, might. That they're but, not but the bigger question down. comes back to what you said earlier, Jeff, and I know we got to go. But am I prepared to lose my job to stand for truth? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's a tough place. And I'm not going to tell you what to do, and Taylor's not going to tell you what to do. But God will lead you in what to do. Just trust Him. All yeah. Right? Thanks for calling, uh, Jeff. Uh, one last thing I'll say is, if you're feeling that way, uh, start looking to prepare yourself with other skills to find other means of employment. That's what I've been doing personally. So just a personal anecdote there. Anyway, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. Uh, that's all the time we've got for today. If you missed any of this program and like to listen to past programs, please visit www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening